Mikey, Mikey and Remy A show about the serious and not so serious parts of our edible world. Let's eat. Hey, friends. Welcome to our show, Mikey and Rin Eat In. I am Rin. <laughs> the second part of the title. Yes. I'm Mikey. We switched it up there for you on the intro, didn't we? We sure did. It's usually the smooth baritone of Mike Sheether Ooh. on the intro. And instead, it was the slightly higher tenor. <laughs> I would Rin argue to say dog. that you're, I don't know anything about scale or tenor, if that's even the way of talking about it, but the- <laughs> Your voice gets called out a lot more than mine on our show. Like How people, so? people saying like oh, you should do oh, the like oh. meditation, like calm or oh, those apps. Yeah, you do have the like the resonant honeysuckle. Mm. Oops, honey tit. I don't know, honey tea sort of NPR voice. Yeah, sure. Where I have a voice that's made more for like I don't know. Maybe people would say a Rogan esque podcast or sports <laughs> or just dumbass dumbassery. We both have nice voices. Yeah, sure, sure. But your voice is softer, I feel like. It's or smoother, mm. I think, is the way I, I would think about it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. My voice has a little bit of like an edge to it. Yeah. I notice it in the way when I edit the show. Yeah. Hmm. I liked you starting the show. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I was flubbed. We did like four false starts where I flubbed, <laughs> where I just started saying something and I was like, oh, that didn't work. Or I mispronounced <laughs> something or I like, yeah. This this weekend we were paddled. Well, we were up in the mountains camping and there's a lake there. And a lake to me is a wonderful thing. Oh, so beautiful. I can swim in it. I can watch the fish. I can p- put my hammock in it. can watch newts. Oh, there was newts. There was little newts in Witcher. this lake. Amazing animals. So cute. If you don't know what a newt is, it's like a salamander, but more adorable. I don't even know what a salamander is, really. But the newt is so cute. Oh, God. Newt, cute, cute newt. Um, send nudes. It's like send nudes, but newts. Nice. Yeah. So send us a box of newts. Uh, but the other thing that can happen there, because we own them, is stand up paddleboarding. Which, Rin, how do you feel about stand up paddleboarding? Oh, love it so much. And on this lake, you get a real choice view of Mount Hood as you're paddling towards it. And it's wild because it's snow covered and yeah. beautiful. And then you're on a lake in 80 degrees. It's totally. magnificent. Now ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, how do you feel about stand-up paddleboarding? I fucking hate stand-up paddleboarding <laughs> a lot. And not because I find it boring, even though I kind of do. That's not the main reason. I find it terrifying. <laughs> Mikey is literally cursing almost the entire time. Yeah. And yeah, you really just don't look like you're having a good time. I mountain bike. I. You do lots of like. Downhill ski. Way more adventure sports. Way more intense sports. But for some reason, standing on top of a stupid fat surfboard. And having some wind. And having, well, and we also weren't going out when it was like glassy. So we're going out when it's kind of wavy. Yeah. And I spend the entire time just going, fuck. God damn it, son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm very bad In the background, me and Abby are on one one board and just like, oh God, just really having a time, like yeah. living our best freaking lives. Totally. And then <laughs> in the background, <laughs> I just hear, shit, fuck, God damn it. Well, 
And then it's just so funny. The newest addition to our um, our paddling board team is a, a lanyard held lanyard. <laughs> is that how you say it? Lanyard held waterproof case. Nothing for my makes you look cooler. Phone, first of all, first of all, well, first of all, I have a shirt on because I'm pink and I can't get burned, <laughs> so I'm shirt guy. And then I have this lanyard underneath my shirt. Which has my phone inside of it. I don't know why I put it underneath my shirt. Like that was going to add a la- an extra layer of water protection. <laughs> but so I can, so I can through the the case, I can still push the buttons on the. I can still still make you know access the phone, and so I'm filming Rin paddleboarding. But the other thing that I'm filming is I'm trying to pick up the phone from under my shirt as well as not fall off the board. So one, a couple <laughs> of the videos are me going, "Don't." Fucking fall off. God damn it. And then I start quietly filming Corinne and, and Avi going past me. So the beginning of it is like me going, son of a bitch. And there's all this like. Yeah. Because he's like nearly falling off of his paddleboard and pulling the lanyard up from his and shirt. Just to put things in perspective, when I was filming you, I'm on my knees. I was not stand. The key part of stand up paddleboarding for me is that I'm kneel down. Paddle cursing. <laughs> I hate it. It could be even a sit down and not even paddle sort of situation for me. I hate it. Yeah, it's like a lay down panic attack board. But, and then the other thing that happened was one of the videos I'm trying to video myself with Mount Hood in the background, and I'm trying to say, Mike Sheether hates stand up paddle boarding. But, I'm so nervous as if I'm being held captive with a gun to my face, this nervous. And I say, Mike Sheether hates stand up paddle bordling. <laughs> it was really, um, it was really, it was very fun, entertaining. It was great. And a really nice, I feel like, get out of town, not have access to any internet mm. or news yes. reset. Totally. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it was it was sort of a bleak, a bleak news weekend for sure. Um, definitely On coming of out things. of uh, the SCOTUS news, anyway. Yeah, I mean, coming well, coming out of Uvalde and yeah. then the gun <laughs> reforms and then gun support and then you know all the different dips and dives that our legal system is taking, and then with the big wallop, you know, being the Supreme Court's decision. Yeah, uh, we decided to. Well, we recorded a show with our friends Jeff and Ant mm-hmm. on The Culture, mm-hmm. where they had us on, especially Corinne, um, to talk about Roe and to talk about the the new case and the, you know, basically the fundamental overturning of abortion rights and mm-hmm. access in our country. And then we basically got the fuck out of town. Yeah. 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 And so what we thought we'd do today is... Um, you know, because this this is a show where we talk about food. This is also a it show is. where we have historically talked about reproduction and reproductive rights and um, the importance of those sure. things. And so um, we thought we would do a show today where if we had the opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to invite the five justices um, that had the... Um, I just almost said presiding majority majority, yeah. majority opinion. If we had the opportunity to invite them over and share a meal with them, because mm. I'm I'm frankly quite curious. I know that they they write their um, 
you know, they, they write the majority opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was some very, um, I think, kind of spicy language Ooh, on yeah. the part of Alito. Sort of what he said. I'm just looking at NPR here because yeah. there was a there was just a piece um, of what he said. So a couple of quotes here. Um, writing for the court majority, Justice Samuel Alito said that the 73 Roe ruling and repeated subsequent high court decisions reaffirming Roe, quote unquote, must be overruled because they were, quote unquote, egregiously wrong. Mm. The arguments exceptionally weak and so, quote unquote, <laughs> damaging that they amounted to, quote unquote, an abuse of judicial authority. And do you think it's because of the actual... This is the hard part. This is the part that we, you know, we talked a little bit about on Jeff and Ann's show. This is the part that I get hung up about with legal cases Mm -hmm. is that is he talking about some nuanced part of the argument that Mm -hmm. like they didn't use the right verbiage Mm -hmm. or something? Mm -hmm. Or is he actually talking about the what Roe actually did for people by like legalizing abortion? Right. And this is the part that I think that, you know, the Supreme Court justices can oftentimes hide behind kind of legal language and- and a lot of lawyers do this. Right. And judges. And I just think that it's bullshit. Like, just, you know, because Amy Comey Barrett and uh, Kavanaugh, I don't really know Gorse. I mean, Gorse suck his decisions. <laughs> I mean, but like, you know, how much of it is actually just about like, I'm religious. I don't mm-hmm. think abortion should happen. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, life begins at erection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so therefore, there, mm-hmm. that's it. And mm-hmm. it's not anything about like, nuanced argument or intellectual argument that could actually make them sway one way or the other, which there's, I mean, this is what you're supposed to be as a Supreme court justice is basically neutral. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he said. There is spicy language, but what the fuck is he actually talking about? Right. Well, they're, they're really leaning back on the, the constitution and just saying that there isn't this sort of constitutional right. Right. And And, and that's the dumbest bullshit ever because the constitution, (laughs) one of the main things about the constitution is that the founder or the, the, you know, people who, who wrote the constitution were saying this needs to be changed. Right. It needs to be right. changed. That's like it needs to mutate with the times. Sure. So all these like, you know, Bible, it's the, you know, all these, we talked about it before, but people who like actually believe the Bible. Right, right. right. Actually believe the constitution is just written in stone. Nothing can be changed. Totally. About it. A fucking totally. amendments. Right. Right. Yeah. And and included in some of these amendments are all of these like privacy clauses, right? Sure. Which was what this, the Roe v. Wade case was really argued upon, right? right? This sort of like right to- have privacy within medical decisions, decisions yeah. right? And so, yeah, <laughs> but I I would, I'm, I'm not angry enough to not like really want to sit down and, and, and fucking parse it out a little bit. Like yeah. just have real human to human language that we can sit and use. And what better way to do that than over- a meal and whiskey and perhaps whiskey. I, this is what I, well, I want you to talk about what you would serve and I'll talk about what I would serve. And I'm, okay. I'm going back and forth on a lot of things. Okay. Well, I have uh, many of you, if you've been listening to our show for a long time, you know, that, <laughs> you know that I have a um, really deep fondness for my grandmother who passed away several years ago. I never met her. Which is a, a travesty. Um, <laughs> Much like this Supreme Court decision. Correct. <laughs> a fucking travesty. 
I try and keep her memory alive through food. And I feel like my grandmother was one of those people who could, um, oh God, I'm getting a little emotional. I'm seeing it. Um, she was one of those people who you could. Oh, I mean, to say that was such a condescending sound I just made. Oh, <laughs> my baby wife crying. You could yeah. walk into her house. Yeah. And no matter who you were, mm. she would want to feed you. Yeah. And she would want to talk with you. My grandmother mm. was a really, um, she had a really sweet personality in that she could like access people really quickly, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my grandfather had a very different way of doing that. He was like a jokey um, kind of um, crass, yeah. <laughs> you know, and my grandmother had her own sort of humor, but it, it really came from this place of I'm interested in you, mm, you know? And yeah. I always felt that as a kid, even when I was going through like weird phases, <laughs> whatever, mm. she always was like kept an open mind and always like when I became a vegetarian, this was like mm. a very weird thing for my Italian grandmother. <laughs> right. But she was like, tell me more. And oh, how can I, what can I do? Hmm. You know? And, oh, that's um, so sweet. and my aunt was actually also a vegetarian. So she kind of paved the way, but Joanne? like, yeah. Oh. But like we would have a tofurkey side, oh, you know, next to meatballs. Right. Did you have tofurkey? Oh yeah. So you're eating hood river where we just were today. Yeah. Non-meat. Totally. That's, that's nice. That's sweet. But I just, that's really, that's a really cute place to cut or sweet place to cut. Well, and, and much like you're saying, like, you know, this would, I, this probably, you were probably paving the way for this. <laughs> what? Well, saying that like, that's the sort of uh, ideology we'd want to have around this table Correct. of discussion. Is yes, like, that's exactly, that's so exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I feel like her food somehow communicated that. Mm. Like there was an accessibility to what she cooked. Yeah. There was, and this is a lot of right. Southern Italian cooking is it's, it's pretty accessible. It's not like mm -hmm. there's a yeah. hundred flavors where you're like, Ooh, what's my palate doing now? Right. Um, and, and the other pieces that she put such great care mm. into the way that she prepared food. And, and I would want to do that for these justices just because yeah. I, I want there to be this like, um, you know, understanding that I really respect you and you're a human, you're my human, right? You're mm -hmm. my fellow human. And I, mm -hmm. I love you just because you are that. And then let's, let's get down to some brass tacks and really figure this out. So anyway, the wow, that meal. That is such an understanding way to go about this. Well, I, it's, it's <laughs> And I really appreciate I, it. I don't know. This is my, this is my best version of me, right? Sure, this is totally. the me that I really aspire to be. Yeah. If I, if I just saw like Justice Alito walking down the street, would I feel that way? I don't, I don't think so. I, yeah. you know, but I'm, this is my like, okay, I know that this day is happening. Right. And I'm prepping. Yeah. And I'm like, I just talked to my therapist. And <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to. I'm in like a real good headspace. Yeah. Because of course it's not helpful to come into it guns blazing. No, no. I Like I, when I saw Donald Rumsfeld when he was in office <laughs> in Vail, he walked past me and I, and I said, or I said, Rummy. And he looked over like someone, like a pump, like someone, a fan was over there. And I said, go fuck yourself. Yes. Not smart. Like right. Not an articulate way to, to tell him the way that I felt. And yep. he. 
you know, blew it off because he probably sure. heard that a thousand times a day, which should tell him something. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if if he was coming to my house, I would I would have like butcher block butcher paper with like my th- thousand arguments that I was going to articulate to him about why I want him to fornicate with himself. <laughs> yeah, this is I I, I want to be really clear that this is my like most mm. aspirational self. Right. Right. Totally. And by the end of the meal, you might be throwing meatballs <laughs> exactly. at them. Exactly. Well, this is a part of the reason also why I want there to be red sauce, because if shit goes sideways, <laughs> I want that shit to fucking stay in your white shirt. And you want those fuckers to be like Amy Comey Bear better be wearing all white because that bitch is getting a red meatball right to the exactly. face. So I am starting with an endive salad. Oh, hello. Here's the reason. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, when we chose to have an abortion, uh-huh. it was- <laughs> Wait, sorry. Keep the going. Our baby mm. was the size of an endive. Really? And so- we, I'm sorry not to be a culinary dick here, but we're, we're, I think we're saying endive. Endive. Because endive is the curly, fluffy, curly endive. Oh, what's endive? Is, is like the, the radicchio? looks like a dildo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Looks like a new, like a new, the one that looks like a torpedo. And it's like, it's like, like radicchio kind of color. Yeah, yeah, and can be- uh, That. The bleach co- yes, that's an endive. Endive. Okay. Sorry, no, be, no, that's great. Yeah. It's great to clarify. Um, so that, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And I, only, I would know that. Yep. Right. But there, there yeah, would that's be such an interesting, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's such an interesting way to describe what size she was. Mm. Cause when I, when I talked about her on the last episode, maybe, yeah, you know, I kind of said she had these like monkey arms. Oh no, it wasn't the last episode. It was the one, it was from our greatest hits episode, the last one. Yeah. But I had a quote where I talked about holding her. And she was this elongated, huh. skinny, long version. She kind of looked like that sock, that monkey sock puppet that people have, huh, yeah. you know. But an endive is such an interesting way to describe her because she was like long, but she had like oomph to her. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah and so there would be something really satisfying in that. For me. I wouldn't mm. tell them. Yeah. Obviously, right? But yeah. but I would know and yeah. I don't know that that uh, there would be a piece of that that would like mm. really feel good to me. I kind of like the idea of every stage of the meal being like some sort of in like this is the size that our baby was and this is the whatever. Yeah. And then at the end you reveal and you just show them like a map that says like basically you just did a tour of our abortion right? that we were allowed to have and got to choose to have. Right. Right. How did it taste, you motherfuckers? I would want the endive salad to have like um, anchovies and like yep. a kind of cream, almost Caesary like dressing. Delicious. So, and like lemony. Bright. Bright. Conversation starter. Conversation starter. Like Are we tickle, drinking? Tickle your palate. Sure. There will definitely be some Lambrusco. Oh, I think, hello. Like a really nice, bubbly Italian red. Okay. That's um, red. Mm hmm. Yep. yep. And, you know, and then the main course is really like what I ate lots of Sundays. So I would hand make the pasta because mm. I'd really want to do things with care and um, I'd want it to, I'd want that to kind of shine through that I really mm. took time. Yeah. I'd make my grandmother's red sauce. Um, I'd make meatballs and brujol. We'd have double the meat. Mm. Um, I just feel like we're going to get into some meaty topics. <laughs> Love that. Love it. Um, No notes. And um, 
And I, I would make, uh, I think I'd make spaghetti, which isn't my favorite, but I just feel like there's something about like sitting down and slurping spaghetti with people that makes everyone, it's like the great equalizer. You know what I mean? It's 100%. a noodle where you got to put a little work in and, um, I don't know, that feels appropriate. Yeah. And then weirdly for dessert, I just want to finish with chocolate chip cookies. Oh yeah. But that's, that's comfy. It's so comfy. Yeah. It's yeah. like super comfy. So we did it at our wedding. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't want to, I don't want anything to feel too stuffy. Yeah. I want it to feel familiar, but yeah. I also just want it to be like, oh yeah, this is tasty. And we are connecting over food that a lot of us know. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Yeah. So and that's, I think, and it does, and it creates a, you know, a, a, an environment that I think would be conducive to productive conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause nothing's really like crazy temperature sensitive. Well, and it's just like, if you, if you, I don't know, you like go and have the meal at some fancy stuffy place that no. they have it or whatever. And you're like, being interrupted ugh, with like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is just like family style. Yeah. Have a couple port, have a couple servings. Yes. You don't want a meatball. You want the brush all great. Sure. You know, no judge. Right. You do you on this meal. Yeah. And it really does. I mean, you know, every Sunday, I feel like we had a lot of conversation around mm-hmm. my grandmother's table. Who's at the table? Um. Well, it's, it's at- The five of them. It's at our house. So right. it's you and me. You, me, and then the five. Correct. The furious five. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, I'll be. I mean, I'll be. And I'll be. Begging, probably. She's going to be in her little RBG costume. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I, when we decided to do this, you know, what are we going to feed um, the five fuckers? Um, <laughs> you can tell where I'm headed in this conversation. But the, well, one of the things that struck me and that I've heard a lot of things about is so um, they were talking about how there was this point in time and it was actually right around when Roe um, was litigated mm-hmm. and where the, Basically, everyone got their own dining room. So the Mm. Supreme Court justices got a private dining room Hmm. where they could eat and not be around anyone else. Hmm. Like no other senators, not the public. Because a lot of what it used to be, the idea was that you, everybody kind of ate in a cafeteria. So it was like, so the potentially the public could be there and they could like literally sit down and have an open conversation with like a senator Hmm. or maybe even a Supreme Court justice. That was kind of the idea of it. And then there was around that time in the 70s, they everybody got their own private dining rooms. Mm. And I just think it's an interesting thing. It's like, that's yeah. not what democracy is. You know, like right. I should be able to sit down and talk to to these people. Right. And so I just thought that was an interesting version of it, right? And they talked about, oh God, what was this, Blackman? Justice mm-hmm. Blackman. He was the only Supreme Court justice that would go and eat in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And like nobody knew who he was. Like Supreme Court justices at that time especially weren't like super famous. So like political nuts might know who he was, but it wasn't like the, you know, um, tourists and stuff probably wouldn't have like fucked with him. But I just thought it was interesting. He would go and eat with and yeah. he would talk to people. Yeah. So they're not huh. definitely Clarence Thomas definitely isn't doing that with the fucking public. No. So that's so interesting. Hmm. Anywho. So my version of it is actually not completely different, Mm. but I just have had the best conversations that I've ever had around food and around a table. And it does have to be around a table. I kind of thought about, could it just be like a mix and mingle sort of thing? But no, we have to be anchored to a central location. Mm. So, uh, but is, um, I want to have a big table. Everything's on the table, Mm -hmm. booze and whatever you want to drink. 
maybe there's grilled meat, like tri-tip or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I want a lot of comfy flavors. I want piles of cheese. I want piles of vegetables and mm-hmm. fruits. Um, I want it to look kind of like the last supper, mm-hmm. uh, but with more feasty. And I want dessert on the table, which again is like brownies, chocolate chip cookies, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I, but, the, but one of the main reasons for this is a, at different points in heated conversations, I like to grab a little bit of something else to shove in my mouth. You get one plate and I like to like, at one point I want to put breadsticks and soft cheese and some strawberries and whatever. Another point I want to grab some nuts. Another point I want to grab like a spicy salami mm. and I want to grab a whiskey at one moment. I want to grab a glass of champagne at another moment. I want to grab a beer at another moment. Right. And the key to that is that it's my choice. And everybody during this meal gets nice. to make their own individual choice about nice. what is good for them at that moment. Mm. And not to make some big profound statement, but more than anything, I think it's just a good way to fuel a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you see the way people are eating something together. Like you can make your own flavor combination mm. with each bite. It's the way I love to eat in general. And it's the way I like to argue. Mm. Because the argument's going to go down. Like we're going to have the discuss- discussion argument, however you want to frame it. But I just think the idea of having something where kind of every moment can kind of like move with the the ebb and flow of the conversation and we can actually like maybe hear each other out. Mm. You know what's cool about that too? You just said ebb and flow and it sort of struck me what you were talking about with the constitution in the beginning. Like there there was this intention for there to be change within the constitution, right? Sure. And so that, that meal feels very reflective of that. Like, yeah. oh- I just did my breadsticks and cheese. Now I'm ready for something new. My palate's now feeling a little more expansive. I'm ready for that spicy pepperoni yeah. or whatever, and I might, you know? Yeah, and I might be eating a chocolate chip cookie, even though it's the second thing I'm eating, you know? Like yeah, Dessert yeah. in the middle, or I might put salami on my chocolate chip cookie. Who choice knows? Choice feels fucking good. It does. Yeah. And good. it's your choice. It's your yeah. individual choice. You know what's best for you. You know yeah. what you like. You know what flavor combinations you dig, all that. Yeah. So yeah, like so that's where my that. head goes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know that any of us are going to come to a, you know, I, I also think that it's like, you know, these people, um, at one point in time, I think the Supreme Court justices were autonomous. I mm-hmm. think they were able to really mm-hmm. exist kind of on their own. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's the Federalist Society, there's Leonard Leo, there's, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different people that are making decisions for our country. And there's a for, lot of- And with people that have lifetime- appointments. Of course. Right. And yeah. so that that's really intense. Yeah. I mean, you look at Grover Norquist and the thing, I mean, these are not democratic things that these guys are doing. Like mm-hmm. this is not, you know, this is money fueling politics. This is right. ideologues fueling politics. Right. And as we discussed, uh, you know, on this show many times before, like politics is life, right. like the s- decisions that get made in the Supreme court, the decisions that get made in the Senate, um, they affect everyday life. And it's not about mm-hmm. like not focusing on politics. Like you have to focus on this because it is your life. Right. They're making decisions that are going to inform the choices that you get to make in your future. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And disproportionately affecting certain people, right? Yeah, sure. There's some people that will be able to travel to California yeah. from Texas yeah. to have an abortion. Sure. There's some people that won't be able to do that. But you know, babe, the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm. It's actually the meek shall inherit just more shit. Right. And it's all a fucking lie. And I'm sorry you can't tell me that it's not anymore. Because right. it's just the, the curtain has been pulled back and we all know who's who's pulling the levers. Right. Pull, pull, pull. I just said. You know, and one of the main reasons that I want to have a discussion with them about 
um, the decision that was made, especially um, concerning the most recent two appointees, is the fact that they lied. They said that they were going to risk. I've talked about this, you know, before with you. I've talked about it. I talked about it on the culture. But the reason, one of the reasons that I'm so angry is that these folks that are leading with their religious beliefs, which I technically don't, I don't think should be a part of the Supreme Court. Like, I don't think that you should be able to be a very, very religious person and be on the Supreme Court because it makes you immediately biased. But they lied directly about Roe. And the question was whether or not they would respect precedent. Right. And both of them said, all three of them said that they would respect precedent. Right. And they, the first chance they got basically blew apart precedent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is one thing that um, I I would really like to put them in the hot seat and um, just kind of get an understanding for why you would say that and then why right. you would do something completely different. Yeah. Because it's the, the, you know, abortion. Fine. I understand you don't, you, you know, you don't like abortion. Right. And, you know, I think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding with a lot of people that are in the Republican party about what it means to be pregnant and what it means to have to make really hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that abortion should be is healthcare and should be something that uh, people have access to. But that doesn't that doesn't matter in this argument for right, me. Right. It's that you this is settled law. Yep. Nothing you knew. Is, yep. <laughs> nothing has changed. Right. When things are supposed to be brought when things are brought up in the Supreme Court, it's supposed to be because there's a there's a, a, a kind of a groundswell of change either in science de- like developments in science mm-hmm. or in um or in evidence that we have that mm-hmm. is something that didn't exist before. If anything, abortion has gotten more safe. It's now statistically more unsafe for the mother to be pregnant than to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And so what happened? What are we talking about? Right. Yeah. So that's that's a big part of the conversation that I really want to have with them over this meal. Yeah. Uh for to sum the things up on like a on a on a fun note, mm. our little baby, baby rigatoni party time sheather. Yeah, come Senator, on, Riggs. Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> Rigatoni party time sheet there. Uh, With a name like that, how can you not become Riggs a Supreme Yeah, the Riggs party? Come on. Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you in the wig party? No, I'm in the Riggs party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dumb joke. Oh, but he is going to be 18 weeks along this, uh, this week. Yes. And he is the size of? Yes. He is the size. I've already forgotten. Have you? <laughs> it's one of my favorite vegetables because it's fun to say. And you can add an F to the beginning and it becomes even more fun. Swiss cheese brain right now. Fartichoke. Oh, right. He's the size of an artichoke. Yeah. Which is a very prickly little fucker. It sure is. Yeah. And he's been prickling you a little bit this week. (laughs) I think I've felt some some movement, actually. Um, God, my grandma made the best stuffed artichokes that I, I can that's one thing I cannot recreate. Yeah, we I have tried, tried it was not and good. yikes, it yeah. was not good. Uh my friend Brooke uh Bender growing up, her parents used to host an artichoke probably still do host an artichoke party every mm. year where everybody would come and bring their best artichoke dishes and it was awesome. Yeah. It was so fun. I do love an artichoke like I love an artichoke dip. Yeah. I love an artichoke in theory, but it, Oof, it is like it's a lot. It's a lot of work without much payoff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will say in my household, we eat artichokes a lot. Yeah. And, but we would just do the steam the artichoke. Yeah. And you just pull and off the leaves butter. and then, yeah. And then yeah. butter it with breadcrumbs in yeah. ours. Yeah. yeah. 
and it was so it was real good. And you just dip each each bite. Yep. I know yeah, my grandma even... did some meat. Oh yeah. In there, dude. And... We tried to do it that one time. Remember that? God, hers was so good. Hey, any any um, Italians. Calabrian ancestry people. Yeah. Maybe it was. I don't think it was my grandfather's recipe. Okay. So maybe it's just a Southern Italian thing, anyway. But if yeah. anyone has uh, a lead. <laughs> Come on. on a good stuffed artichoke recipe that has, I wish I could be more specific. Was that I'm it had, at you? It had breadcrumbs. It yep. had meat. Yeah. It was kind It didn't of sound buttery. crazy. It didn't sound crazy like complex. Um, it's not complicated. Yeah, I yeah. just, I don't know what the cook is. I don't know what the All meat right. was. So if anyone has that, please reach out. Let's eat at MikeyandRin.com. Please. You could also uh, shoot us a DM on our Instagram, which is at MikeyandRin. We'd love to hear from you anyway. Obviously. Um, but this this particular artichoke recipe, mm. you will get a gold star. And it will be featured on a post. We will put it out yes, and shout of course. you out. Yeah. Um, this was really fun. I hope that you are communing with people that you really love. Yeah. And having good discussion. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk, everybody always talks about the like drunk uncle at Thanksgiving who ruins everything because he brings up some wild shit. Maybe call him in instead of yeah. calling him out. And yeah. don't be like Mikey. Don't swear at everybody and immediately <laughs> think that it's all going to be confrontational. But actually just try to see people on their terms, yeah. you know, and try to have like a, you know, we need to move forward from this. Like we all, this is all of our country that we're sharing and trying mm-hmm. to do the experiment on. So uh, I don't know. Let's make it work. Love you guys. Yeah, we love you. Bye-bye.